This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. In order to advance racial equity, there is work for white people and people of color to do together and separately. The Project Sanctus Affinity Groups provide safe spaces for people to work within their own racial and ethnic groups. Join us every first and third Wednesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Zoom for brave, vulnerable conversations and for building culture through engaging embodied practices. For more details and a registration, visit projectsanctus.com. Exploring the healing and culture-building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello and welcome to With Love and Justice for All, Project Sanctus weekly podcast, actually twice-weekly podcast. Is that bi-weekly or semi-weekly? I always get those confused. No, but I think bi-weekly means every two weeks. So this is semi-weekly. Yeah, well, that's why I said, that's why I just said twice a week. I'll shut up and let you talk. Right. <laughs> well, what's funny about it is in my head, I could see not which, which prefix, prefix is it? It's not by, it's not semi, it's not, like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm going to shut up <laughs> and let you talk. I t- Every time I open my mouth, it goes downhill. Well, I have that effect on too. Uh, I'm Reverend Kelly Isla, and I'm joined today uh, with my a partner in crime and consciousness, Reverend Ogan Holder. And as I said, this is with Love and Justice for All, our pod, one of our uh, twice a week podcasts where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, systems of, imp- of oppression in all its forms, fostering liberation, and especially uh, from the context of the special challenges that arise for spiritual seekers um, and spiritual communities. Um, we've recently discovered, thank you, Ogan, in diving into our analytics that we have gone global. We yes. have listeners from around the world, um, <clears throat> even Ukraine. So love and blessings to Ukraine uh, from Brazil, Canada, Ireland, Japan. There may be even a few others. Yes, they so may, welcome. They, they may be. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't look up new ones for this week, but. Um, I'll I'll make sure to do that next week. But we are we are closing in. We are closing in on two thousand uh, downloads. Um, so so spread the word, folks. Let's get the let's get the listeners. Let's get the listenership up. Um, and part of that is knowing that you can join in on the conversation uh, with us. Um, we live stream or recording Tuesdays three p.m. ish 
Eastern time on Facebook. <laughs> so you can watch, you can comment in real time, um, or when you listen after the fact and all our all your preferred podcast platforms, um, you can either send us a message on social or handle us at get our holy on. You can email us Ogun or Kelly at projectsanctus.com. You can even call, leave a voicemail at our voicemail service. That's 413-GET-HOLY or 413-438-4659. And a couple upcoming things we got going on. Um, we are well into our nonfiction uh, book exploration of Do the Work. And that meets Tuesdays, 7 and 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it is a fabulous anti-racist activity book, underlying uppercase, bold in the word activity. Yeah, underlined, bold, italicized, exclamation All, all the things yeah. with the word activity. Because truly, almost every page in that book, there is an activity to do. Whether it's a coloring page, it's a puzzle, it's a crossword, it's a quiz. Um, there was, uh, recently we just did the, uh, check your privilege and there was a whole list of, there was a checklist of like, I don't know, like almost 90 items. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had the run in debate because on the list, the word tall was listed twice and some were like, that's a typo. I was like, no, 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 no. Tall people get all the good shit. So there's that much privilege in being tall and being it tall, two exactly. Engines. Especially if you're, if you were tall, white and conventionally attractive, Lord help you all the doors opening. So we had a great debate about that. (laughs) I'm neither tall nor conventionally attractive. (laughs) I got white going for me in my Oh my goodness. Yeah. One of the, one of the check marks was like a, I got, what is it? I got curves in all the right paces or, or something along those lines. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm plumped. I don't remember. It wasn't curves. It was, uh, no, it was whatever it was. And I was, and I was like, I was like, (laughs) My biceps are pumping and I got a good butt. So I'm going to check yes on that one. <laughs> no idea. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways, no. we, we're actually having a lot of fun with that as much as uh, uh, dismantling the patriarchy and white supremacy can be fun. So, again, you can jump in at any time, um, even if you didn't start with us. Um, so that's Tuesday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Zoom. Our fiction reading book club, the last installment for this year, How the One-Armed Sister Sweeps Your House. That's going to be on October 27th. That's a Thursday night. Please buy all your books from our Black-owned bookstore partner, Bliss Books and Wine. You heard it at the top of the podcast. Um, and use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. And two workshops we got coming up. Um intersectionality why a new prism is needed we actually talked about that in our do the work session last night Um, but this is going to be a three-part workshop october 20 21st 22nd 10 to 1 p.m eastern time on each of those days and we also have a love and rage workshop coming up on november 12th this is based on the work of, of lama rod owens and he um and and this is about um reconfiguring uh changing reestablishing re re what is the i keep i know or, um, reframing or relationship with anger yeah and and using it as the pathway to actual deeper love and liberation so mm-hmm. um the registration for intersectionality is up right now at projectsanctus.com um the love and rage registration is coming soon but we're just telling you to save the date for that that's right the thing in the book was thick in the right places that was the if you were thick in the right places, whatever that means for you, you had privilege. So so I had just had a good pump at the gym that day. My biceps were were going. So 
and I'm genetically gifted with a good butt. So I'm, I'm counting that as thick in the right places. Uh, today's show, today's show. Uh, have you read a banned book today? Um, book bannings are not a thing of the past. They are a thing of the present. And a lot of these books that are being banned um, seem to follow a common thread. Anything that uh, really fragile white, mostly, I think probably entirely conservative folks um, um, get triggered by things related to race, uh, queerness, uh i mean that's pretty much it race and queerness that that covers well, a lot of any kind here. any kind of violence any kind of anything that a parent deems thinks they're yep thinks they're make their child uncomfortable yes, yes. you know and um, and i should specify mostly queer sex i guess all sex in general but but mostly queer sex is what's mm -hmm. getting them all upset. So there are a lot of books that are being banned. We're gonna we're gonna go through some of them today. Some of them you might be surprised by, because remember when Kelly and I were planning for the show and, and we were reading through a list, there were some books that we were just incredulous, incredulously, incredulously going, why is that being banned? Uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Um, um, any any opening, uh, I don't know, facts? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, of... I have a, yes, I do have a little bit of setting a context. Yes, um, context, there we go. Yeah, book banning, uh, um, it's, you know, on the outside, the packaging. This is one of those, let me back up. It, when, when uh, Ogan, when you and I, you know, are, are doing workshops and classes and groups and, and we talk about, we often introduce multicultural agreements and it's how we be in settings, you know, to um, to help ensure an inclusive space, to help ensure cultural humility and, you know, awareness and self-awareness, self-inquiry, and also build relationship and trust. And the and one of those eight, there's these eight agreements, one of them is intent and impact. And book banning is one of those that is a, the more you dive into it, the more you you get to see just how dangerous it is in terms of intent and impact. And what I mean by that is that when we talk about intent and impact, it's not an either or proposition. It's just that social privilege, white privilege has privileged intention over the impact for centuries. So while my intention was, you know, or I was thinking this is what I really meant, um, rather than paying attention to what's the impact of the words, what's the impact of my silence, what's the impact of my actions, what's what really goes on when I do or don't do, say or don't say, you know, um, uh, certain things. It's why uh, the opposite of racist is not non-racist, but anti-racist. Um, because non-racist, you know, it's just an, an intention thing. Like, well, I and, wasn't raised that way. Or, right. You know. Not just non-racist, but specifically not racist, right? So people are yes. like, yeah, I'm not racist. I've never right. been racist. I don't have a racist bone in my body. Oh, and my particular favorite, I don't see color. I wasn't yes. raised to see color. Yeah, right, right. My favorites. Um, so book banning is is one of those that that, you know, that has this intention um, seemingly like the wrapping on the outside is to preserve the innocence of children or preserve their fragile minds or preserve the integrity or preserve my religion or my values, you know, coming from, um, from a parent, you know, or, um, you know, or school board or something. Mm -hmm. And yet the impact 
is is far reaching for for decades, for generations, and and just incredibly um, incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Book burning is not a new thing. It it dates back uh, as early as the medieval days. The Grecian Greeks um, also uh, engaged ancient Greeks, and during World War II. Um, it's just that today it exists at what looks like a much smaller scale, and um, however, uh, it's it's very detrimental. It's very harmful, um, and it's not quite as um, formalized or organized as you might think. Sometimes I think we watch the news about it, and people think it's all very organized, and it's not quite as organized as people may think in communities. It's just we hear from the loudest and the most fucked up you know yeah. instances of it um but it's uh it it just the yeah so i just just a little bit of that and you know i'll, I'll say probably some other things as we move along um but so, it's, so you said it's not a um not organized as in there isn't a there isn't a there isn't a specific like um overarching categories or checklist right this is this is going randomly by state by school district whatever um florida for example in within 21 florida school districts there are 566 banned books uh, in texas there's 801 banned books across 22 districts uh so not everywhere in texas is banning books not everywhere in florida is banning books um you know but but in every state you will find a district because the district depending on you know the shall we say the fragility of the parents who have been brainwashed to believe critical race theory is some big boogeyman they're the ones who are leaning in to um you know basically raiding the libraries and uh, the school libraries and seeing what's there so so it all depends on where you what the the the, the constituency of the district right. that you live in will depend on how much this um book banning is happening well and the book banning may not be um necessarily for the ideologies of you know a majority of a population but simply for the ideologies of those who have the power to ban right um, yes. Uh, yes so yes, yes, you yes, know yes. what's gonna you know the, i have the power to do this and so um so we're gonna do it um you know parents i, I can't you know it, it's a for me it's a hard place sometimes to sit in to you know armchair parenting so to speak um i'm not uh you know, I can't tell someone how to raise their children. And I, this really, really concerns me. Um, right. You know, parents see the world that their children are growing up in and make decisions about what's appropriate or what's not appropriate and for, you know, for their child fascinating to though. What's fascinating is we're going to ban books from the library, but we're going to hand our kids a cell phone. Right, right. <laughs> Yes. Do we yes. not know what's on the internet? And to be fair, or, now, or to be, wait, wait, oh, sorry, wait, wait, or a Bible where there's a or, talking donkey, where Lot's daughters get him drunk and sleep with him so they can oh, get yeah. pregnant. Lots of lots of yeah. crazy stuff happens in the Bible. Um, but to be fair, a lot of these book bans, not I, I think the majority of these book bans, from what I read, are more happening at the elementary school mm -hmm. level. Right? There's this concern that. Quit. elementary and some high school yeah um 
elementary and middle is where a lot of this happened yeah. there is some high school too but i mean by high school Young, you younger high school like yeah some of the novels are a little yeah you 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 hit high school you tell a kid don't read this book you might as well just be handing them the book <laughs> right. they, they're right. gonna want right. to find out like why can't i read this um right. so so there's there's that but this but the idea is that you know kids at elementary school age are too young to know certain things and are too impressionable. Apparently, if you read a book that speaks about a gay couple or a trans person, suddenly this kid is gonna wanna become gay or trans. Again, it's not a virus. Again, it's not like there's like hidden brain code in, in the book that you read it and all of a sudden you want to be it. That's not how any of this works. Right. Um, it, it, you know, a, a kid reads about, and again, a many, the books at this level are written for that level. So a book around like the civil rights movements or some of the leaders in our civil rights movements written for a first, second or third grader, it's not going to go into gory details about anything, right? So, so, so these are age appropriate books that are teaching around, you know, facts of American history and world history that again the uh the fragile parents are concerned that it will impact the kids well-being it's gonna make them scared it's gonna make them think it's gonna make them uh realize that uh they are different races and that these races are um are in society been ranked hierarchically and what we know from research is that as early as three and four kids can identify different races and you know before they hit kindergarten the idea of one race being better is already implanted in them so even before the kid can read these the very thing that you're thinking you want to you know not have the kid encounter in a book is already there so you know better 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 to get a book because if the book's in the library um ostensibly especially in a children's library it's been scrutinized to make sure that it's not um trying to indoctrinate but this is the this is the myth that's being told um already getting some books yeah let's talk about some books so so this is a list on uh readersdigest.com i did put the link in our facebook comments um and it's the 30 banned books you should be you should probably read right now we're not going to cover all 30 what was fascinated is when kelly first shared the link with me it was 23 banned books and by the time i get to read it it was up to 30. 30, and this list was updated uh september 28th of this year so it's it's current um uh list um we're gonna we're gonna share with you the top 10 uh most challenged books of 2021 um we're still in 2022 so we don't know that top list yet but in 2021 these were um the most banned books and then we're gonna uh, scroll down the list and pick up some ones that we were i think most surprised by um yeah so so let's jump in and some of these you might be aware of you might have read yourself um some of these you might not have and if you haven't uh go get them go go read them uh we have so i'll give you the titles and then i don't know i don't know we, we we'll jump into the descriptions of some of them so we have uh gender queer 
by Maya Kobabi. I might be, I'm going to mess up some of these names. Um, So there's Gender Queer. There's Lawn Lawn Boy by Jonathan Everson. All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. Out of Darkness by Ashley Hope Perez. The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexi. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl by Jesse Andrews, which I think they made into a movie. Pretty sure. Mm. Uh, the Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. This Book is Gay by Juno Donson. And Beyond Magenta by Susan Cuchlin. Again, apologies to all these authors if I butchered your names. Um, but yes, these are the, these are the 10 um most banned books um we can dive into a little bit of um some of them so like the bluest eye by tony morrison um and this book in since 94 for example was banned in alaska and pennsylvania for graphic descriptions and offensive language as if kids don't hear offensive language on a daily basis Um, yeah they have smartphones (laughs) or they have school yeah (laughs) they have i know they oh my god i got you know this reminds me of a great story quickly uh this is uh you know joy my daughter she's 22 now this happened when she was like nine or ten um she's in elementary school we're in raleigh north carolina and and we go to the beach one time and we're sitting on sitting you know doing minor on business and some guys just you know not too far from us show up with their with their boom box and they're they're blasting hip-hop and there's a lot of profanity and jennifer says you you need to go ask them to turn it down now there's one of me and about six of them so <laughs> that's not a struggle i want to get into right yeah so that's I'm not like, gonna happen. Yeah, I'm like, what? What do we need to ask him to turn it down? She goes, "Can you not hear the profanity?" And we got Joy here. I was like, Joy goes to public school. She's heard these words, and and Jennifer was like, "No, she hasn't." And I said, "Joy, do you know what the f word is?" And Joy's sitting there reading a book, and without missing a beat, she just looks up and goes, "Yeah, fuck." And Jennifer <laughs> loses her mind. She's screaming. I am laughing. Joy's like, "Wait, what just happened?" <laughs> But it's the first time we've heard our nine-year-old, um, she may be 10 at this point, but I think nine or 10, utter a profanity. But but what was fascinating was the casualness, the casualness with which she shared it, right? Like, even at that age, she was like, yes, I know what this word means. I don't think there's anything wrong with this word. Uh, I haven't been using it, but yeah. So I think she's she's literally interpreting it as an objective fact-finding mission. Do you know what this word means? Wait, I have. Can I tell a story about that word too? You can tell a story. Yeah, it's a great word. Fuck is it a is. great word. Now, adjective, have a, adverb, <laughs> like it covers everything. I actually have a blog about it of there all the go. different ways to use it. It was um, uh, it, my little brother, uh, one of my younger brothers. He was six. He was six at the time, and we were driving to church. <laughs> Mom and dad in the front seat, me and it was just me and my youngest brother. And uh, on the way to church, and he just leans forward, puts his head in between the two, you know, the two up front seats and looks at my dad who's driving, looks at my mom, kind of looks, moves his head back and forth between them. And then he he looks at my mother and goes, what does fuck mean? 
And I thought, oh my God, (laughs) I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm what, 11. So I just want the floor to open up and swallow me. Like couldn't be more embarrassed. Um, I don't know why I feel embarrassed, but I remember that, that feeling and just watching my parents. I don't know how my dad kept the car on the road, but Mm-hmm. It became um, this, this, um, uh, it, you know, them stuttering and stammering. And uh, we'll talk about it after church. You know, that's not, it's an adult word. Don't use it kind of thing. They didn't yell at him. They didn't get upset. I remember that. Um, yeah. But then later on in the afternoon, <laughs> Sunday afternoon, um, I'm sitting at the kitchen table. My oldest brother, who would have been early teens, had a few friends over. And um, I have no idea where my youngest brother is, but I'm sitting at the kitchen table. I don't know what I was doing, probably homework or crossword mm-hmm. puzzle or some other geeky reading thing. And, um, and all of a sudden, my youngest brother comes up out of some other room, walks up to the table, looks me straight in the eye and goes, I have a penis, you have a vagina. And I thought, oh my God, you know, with these teenage boys. <laughs> Facts. You know what? You know what? Points for using the correct terminology. But I thought, oh, right? God. That could have gone so much worse. Is this ever going to end? I'm like, yeah. <sighs> no. oh but you know goodness. what? It it's it actually, I mean, joking about it now, but this is actually, it's a story about why you don't ban books. Right. It actually is a story, you know, it, it brings to to the forefront of why children should be reading banned books. Um, you know, there, there, cause there's more to the book than just the swear words, right? There's, it, it, it's when it's how it, we learn to relate. We grow up, we, we, we hear things in school and now we can learn about a little bit more about them. Yeah. We're going to ask questions anyway. Um, you know, it's a, it's sort of like a, a, the book can be a virtual reality, mm-hmm. um, especially around things that are, that are controversial or you don't understand or are being censored. You can censor it in school, but you better believe kids are going to talk about gay, lesbian, trans, sex, you know. Yes. Um, one of oh. those, one of those books on the list, uh, the top 10 gender queer is an autobiographical yeah. graphic novel. Uh, again, the author Maya Kobabi. Kob- I don't even mm-hmm. know if I'm saying that right. Yes. Um, and it explores um, um, coming out um, to the family as non-binary. Um, so I'm guessing I'm going to assume the pronouns are going to pronoun is they. So when they come out as non-binary, and it's been criticized by religious conservatives since it was published in 2019, uh, and they write here probably because. It unflinchingly portrays and normalizes topics still often misunderstood, and I would say feared by some. Adolescent yep. sexuality, asexuality, the differences between gender identity and sexuality. Um, but it's it is a great book, I think, for for young kids who are beginning to question. And we know kids begin to question when they are five, six, seven. Um, about about their own identity and sexuality. So yeah, I think by all means, share 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 the book. Reading the book will not make your kid queer. Will not make your kid decide to be trans. That's again not how any of this works. Well, um, it's it's that ahead. that that privileged elitist position 
that that if you have this power to ban books, um, you just you're not looking at the impact, how detrimental it is to the student, no matter your intentions. And right. this this idiotic belief, but a prevailing belief that if we hide the truth, it stops being the truth. Right. Or that our kids can't handle the truth. Yeah. And and it's not so much our kids can't handle the truth as parents. We can't. We, I think as parents, a lot of it is if our kids know the truth, then we going to be held accountable for our own actions and choices. And, and we don't, we don't need that. Um, and, and it's not like the parents are telling their kids what the truth is, right? No. They're, they're either giving a very um, sanitized, homophobic, anti, uh, sorry, uh, racist version of the truth or no version at all. Right. right? Um, I've, I've run across parents of like 13, 14 and 15 year olds who are like, yeah, we're not we don't think our son's ready to talk about sex i'm like uh yeah that ship's already way sailed (laughs) right right he's probably gonna teach you a few things um um some of the books on this list so on this 30 band book list that caught me by surprise uh call of the wild by jack london i remember reading that in barbados um Mm. 11 12 years old um uh love love the book it was a book about a you know um a a i think a domesticated dog that was or i always confuse it with white fang in one of those books there was a there was a domesticated dog yeah this was called the well dog stolen from his home and sold to be a sled dog so there was this domesticated dog that that became you know got in touch with its its wild um you know animal instincts white fang Mm -hmm. was the other way around anyways but apparently this book was banned quite a few places in europe especially italy yugoslavia nazi territories um because of the themes of individualism it says and social darwinism which is like uh yeah head scratcher uh anne frank the diary of anne frank diary of a young girl by anne frank has been banned. Um, one Alabama textbook committee. <laughs> this is my favorite. Uh, it was added to the ban list because it was a real downer. Well, duh. <laughs> you know, a Jewish girl hiding in a compartment in a house to escape being captured by the Nazis. Yeah, yes, not exactly uplifting, but you know what? Life. Um, and some said the, uh, the her descriptions of her anatomy were pornographic. Um. <laughs> If you don't think your young child is looking at themselves and having questions and exploring themselves, like, yeah. Yes. Hello. Wake, wake, wake up. That's part of. Yeah. Stick, stick, stick with, you know, <laughs> your JJ. Yeah. Oh, this one, this one, uh, this one was my absolute stunner and shocker. Yes. I know. Where's you're Waldo? Say. That's right. Where's Waldo? Where's, where's Waldo? Well, wait, wait. And where's Waldo Santa Spectacular? <laughs> Santa Spectacular. Uh, the Santa uh, Spectacular was banned in Texas prisons because it contained stickers. This one, I don't understand. I, I like, you can't have stickers in prison, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Turn them into a shiv or something. I don't know. But, um, but where's Waldo was banned because apparently someone spotted a partially topless woman sunbathing in a beach scene. 
How are you partially topless? You're either topless or uh, it's like being a little bit pregnant. Covered. How are you partially? Is that like just half? Maybe like one only, breast only is one showing. Breast is exposed. Yeah. Or you see breast we, but no nipple. I don't know. Maybe we get a little areola or something. Like I don't. Oh no! If you could see that, it definitely wouldn't be partial. Well, I mean, Not but if, if you're the, that uptight. But 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 if the nipples covered because you know it's all about the nipples. We men yeah. can walk around with our nipples exposed all day long. Um, it's great to be a man. Uh, please don't write me any letters on that one. That was <laughs> sarcasm. <laughs> Sexist sarcasm, uh, but, yeah. but uh but yeah apparently apparently where's waldo um any on this list that were big shockers for you um yeah well and really sad but the children's book where the wild things are oh yeah oh yeah it's one of those it's um you know it's just i mean there is um it's it's showing the you know kids imaginations and their subconscious desires and and things that you know that frighten them mm -hmm. um it's a story that follows young max who's sent to bed without supper because he ran wildly through the house um and then max dreams of um he goes to this dark land where he becomes king of the wild things and leads a loud hair-raising wild rumpus so um rumpus. we can't have yeah. that rumpus we can't have a wild rumpus i no. mean that's why he was sent to bed without dinner um it's just but it it came out in 1963. it's a classic uh, man you know, so it was initially banned because of the Max's punishment was no dinner. So which is like being, you know, starvation. Um, and then it had these supernatural themes. But, you know, it's it's I'm come back to, um, you know, why kids should read banned books is because um, uh, because it is like a virtual reality. It's where where this is where children, you know, explore and investigate for themselves complex topics like, um, you know, parenting, you know, like, you know, I'm being sent to bed without, you know, without dinner or, you know, what is a wild rumpus or, you know, they contemplating that's where they we one of the places we learn about ethics and morality. It's not just solely from just the parents. I mean, as soon as they go to school, whether the book is banned or not, they're getting a different set of ethics and morals and values at school. Yes. Um, from from whoever they're hanging out with, uh, and it's just they and it's relatable. So the book is a story that's kind of mimicking what happened to Max. You know, he, he was engaged in his own running wild around the house and got in trouble for it. And he goes to, you know, he has a dream about it. So kids are looking for um, something they can relate to. So and banned books do that. The subjects of the banned books are realistic. They're timely. They um, there's a character in there that's going through exactly what they're going through. That was yeah. my introduction to um, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, which of course by uh, by Maya Angelou, which of course is on the banned book list. Of course. Um, of course it and, is. Um, but it was, it, I I read it when I was quite young, probably younger than it's, you know, the audience it's really written for, but my sister was reading it in, for school. So it was mm -hmm. available. And I'm, I was the kind of kid that's still this way that if, so, if there's a written word around me, I'm going to pick it up and read it. You know, I was the, the nerd so, that read the dictionaries and encyclopedias. So I read, I know why the caged bird sings and could see myself in some places in the book and thought, Oh, 
because things were going on in my world and in my life that I wasn't saying anything to anybody, but I could read the book and go, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. Um, representation. Representation yeah. is huge. Um, but you raised, so you just said something was interesting, which is arguably the case that uh, parents and and uh, are making for banning the books. When you said you, you read Cage Bird, probably you were probably too young given given the content so this is a concern of the parents right mm-hmm. um, um our kids are too young to be exposed to um the the graphic nature of of some of these writings or illustrations and therefore um we need to ban the book so then my question comes all right well banning is extreme and sets up a dangerous precedent Mm-hmm. ironically coming from a party that's always arguing about free speech <laughs> I mean, right you know it's almost hilarious um so so then what's the alternative if the books if the book's too young for kids to read and and we don't want to ban the books then what's the alternative i have some answers what do you think well it was i would say it was probably it, it may have been too young for me but not for my older sister but because she brought it home and it was laying around and I, I just picked it up and started reading it. And I, I also think. So, so, so one solution is don't have older siblings. Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) It's not like I had a choice in it. No, you know, she was already walking around before I came along. But this, this Um, is, I'm, 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 I'm being facetious in making the point is that, is that, you know, little kids will pick up, stuff from their older siblings and there's no way you can prevent that right no whether it's in book form or 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 hearing them say things that you can't prevent that movies they watch you know video games there's all kinds of things and i don't i think there's a there's a place and so here's my armchair parenting i i think there's a, a somewhere there's a place in there to if we're if we're raising children, you know, building their resiliency and and supporting their curiosity and and you know talking about life and the fabulous things and the horrific things that go on in life in mm-hmm. a way that works for where they are developmentally, because you know we all know that you know there's things you may talk about or may not and how you talk about them. Um, is, uh, you know, different for different ages. Um, And what I, so we do that. And then I think there are times when you, you know, you trust the child to, if I've, you know, we're creating spaces for the child to be curious about their world, trust the child. Like if I had started reading the book and went, you know, and didn't understand it, then I just didn't understand it. I might've asked someone, or I may have just, I don't understand it and keep reading, you know, like it just goes over my head. Yes. Um, also, not just trust your child, trust your librarian. Trust right? your librarian. Trust your teacher. Trust your teachers. Trust your librarians. Because I don't know if these parents have ever walked into school library, but uh, books tend to be, shelves tend to be sectioned off, right? Here's here's when kindergarten class comes in the library. Here's the books you can choose from. Right. Mm-hmm. No one's going to put yeah. the, the bluest eye in the section with the kindergarten books. Right. right? There there's the, the books are sectioned off appropriate age appropriately. And say right. a kid decides to like, you know, sneak in the library and wants to check out a book above his age grade or whatever. Trust your librarian to say, you know what? 
this book might be a little bit too old for you, but if you're interested in the topic, here's one that's more appropriate. Trust right. your librarians, trust your teachers. That's what they're there for. But I'm not a, yes, absolutely, parents get to be involved in their children's education, but there's such a thing as overreach. And yeah. I think and I think a lot of this book banning is a tragic case of overreach. Yep. Um, well, the, well. The, and so what happens to the classroom, right, by by banning books, you're now putting educators, right, librarians, mm -hmm. the library librarians, the teachers, principals, you know, anyone involved in educating our children, we're putting them in, in this position of self-censorship. Yeah. So the teacher has to, you know, not use a book for fear of the fallout from that. Um, and it becomes, you know, more and more narrow. It And it starts affecting the entire curriculum. Um, and ironically, the, uh, the, the um, you know, there's these standards for teaching, common core mm -hmm. state standards for, you know, curriculum. Yes. And there's this, this paragraph, there's a couple of sentences in the middle of it that says, to become college and career ready, students must grapple with works of exceptional craft and thought whose range, ex whose range extends across genres, cultures, and centuries. Such works offer profound insights into the human condition and serve as models for students' own thinking and writing. Mm. So that's in the Common Core State Standard. Right. But let's ban all these books that would prevent us from actually doing that. Um, yeah. So one of one of the books on this list that I'd never heard of before at all, but but set out to me is um, is a book called Go Ask Alice by anonymous i haven't read it but it says it's one of the most controversial books of all time the depiction of teenagers locked in a destructive cycle of drug abuse um there's bold stories featuring sexual abuse prostitution this hotly debated work of young fiction is written in diary form and reads as if written by a 15 year old teen runaway mm. so it's been banned time and time again for its explicit themes has anyone seen euphoria <laughs> It's what I yeah. want to ask after reading that description, because trust me, if you think your teenager isn't, this is too much for your teenager to read, but they all know and we're watching Euphoria, then yeah, like lock that down because Euphoria is just like all over the place. Um, another classic children's tale, James and the Giant Peach. I know, um, right? And that yeah. was one of those where I saw it on the list, like, like, where's Waldo and where the wild things mm -hmm. are. I'm like, wait, what? So this, this one, this one is also ridiculous. Some schools have challenged the fantastical story for language, uh, tobacco and alcohol references. But the oddest reason in 1999, one small Wisconsin town officially made it one of its banned books after claiming that a scene in which a spider licks her lips could be quote taken in two ways including sexual yeah because that happens for me i watch a spider lick her lips and i get all worked up spiders even have lips that's not the point <laughs> sorry I, I get distracted i get distracted no by the thing don't. that you actually maybe could take up an issue on but 
a spider licking her lips as probably Mm-mm. in the book if i remember was right before it was about to like eat something or consume something you know that 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 hunger yeah you know and i don't know these people's uh sexual experience but in my experience in dating relationships not a whole lot of lick lipping lip licking going on before a kiss or anything <laughs> like i feel that's one of these things has sort of been like uh blown out of proportion but hey what do i you know um yeah uh harry potter sorry go ahead yes of course all the harry potter harry potter uh you know um um, and and you know yes let's ban the author but we don't necessarily need to ban the books which is a whole different conversation right yes it is can you can you can you ban the author the artist and still enjoy their works that raises all of the question but the reason most of the harry potters have been banned is because encouraging of witchcraft dark magic sorcery you know uh it's uh interesting um um schools across the country ban harry potter for it seems witchcraft as well as portrayals of death and evil um i don't know doesn't the bible also have a lot to say about death and evil and resurrection i just um yeah there. let's nail a guy to a cross because that's <laughs> not violent um one of the books that was interesting and my daughter read this book when she was a teenager and loved it and asked me to read it and i don't think i actually got around to reading it unfortunately but it's still still in a box somewhere the hate you give by Mm. angie thomas this is a a young adult fiction and um it's a was 2017 new york times bestseller and it's frequently on a list of banned books um and it tells the story of 16 year old star carter who lives in two realities a predominantly white prep school by day and her mostly black low-income neighborhood by night and she has a careful balancing act crumbles when a police officer kills her unarmed friend oh i do remember reading this now unsettling depictions of police police brutality violence and racism have led some to ban the hate you give from classrooms and libraries and what's right, interesting you want to tell the truth right this is the lived experience of so many yeah. children who have to deal with police brutality who have family members and friends who've been shot by police who who encounter racism on a daily basis especially if they go to a predominantly white school like this is the lived reality of 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 so many children and it's ironic that they're banning the book that speaks to the reality of a child from a school that a child may be encountering this. So yeah, there's that. There's but that. I, I think I think what's again coming back to the intent impact thing. Um I don't Frank, I confess I don't entirely understand the intention of book banning. I understand being being afraid for your child and um but at what point did we stop trusting those that are actually educated in educating? Like the, mm. you know, we've we've lost, um, you know, the death of, um, you know, of critical thinking. Um, right. And what I think what gets lost in all of this book banning is that you're maybe looking at your child and the, you know, what's, what's being offered or the books, you know, around your child, what they're missing is that you're actually altering the mindset and you're altering ideologies and value systems for entire generations. 
and not just one, but many generations to come um, because of your religion, your politics, your, you know, what you think about race and and racism or not. Um, What you think is something harmless is um, you are seriously impacting the ability and capacity for your child and entire generations to think critically to right. develop well-rounded citizens, to develop a well-rounded, you know, worldview. Um, it yeah. just. And again, uh, to be, to be clear, we're not saying that we, that one shouldn't observe age sure. appropriateness of texts, right there. Yes. I, I wouldn't have really supported my, you know, daughter when she was, eight or nine reading maybe the bluest eye i don't know how i would have felt about it back then but i'm sure it would have been a lot for her so i probably wouldn't have supported that that i you know again uh, there there's age appropriateness there's uh, you know books that maybe be on a, a child's developmental stage wherever they are i'm not against that as a parent and the answer isn't the knee-jerk reaction well then let's get rid of the book altogether Right. right. No one one comes up with a better parenting and or uh, again, trusting your teacher in your library, having discussions. This is where so this is where parental influence comes in in the school to show up to the PDA meeting, to show up to your school librarian and say, hey, listen, I just want to be clear. Um, I think it may be um, too much too soon for my young child to be reading this book. Um, Let's have a discussion about them having access to the book. Can we, can we, are we, what are the safeguards so they're not having access to the book? And then children at the appropriate age can read the book. So when my kid now gets to that age, I know that book's available, right? This, this, you know, we talk a lot about the, uh, the, the either or being a white supremacy culture norm versus the both and. So it's like, get the book out of the library uh, and, that's that's not gonna work again. I don't know if you met children, but telling them what they can't have is a sure way to, to send them, them heading to, in that yep. direction. Yeah. Well, you're by you know by allowing you know the books, um, and, and again, in I'm totally with you. It's not like taking this whole list of banned books and say yes, make them all available, right. um, but having the conversation. Um, you think you're protecting your precious child, but you're actually doing the exact opposite by acknowledging the, the you know, what are, you know, is our, are the lived experiences of children all around you is by acknowledging it, you're acknowledging that there's kids dealing with these. Right. By and, doing, by right. banning it and thinking you're protecting your children, it doesn't make that go away. It just means you're having more children suffering alone. And also remember that um, as as children begin to awaken to their sexuality, their identity, and begin to struggle with it, especially if they're in a home where they know that that wouldn't be reg, reg, uh, readily accepted, or that they feel they're in a safe space, or don't know if they're in a safe space, and there's a lot of confusion within them what's going on, you know, many parents assume that their kid's just going to feel comfortable coming to talk to them. No, that's not true, regardless of who you are as a parent. Right. Um, right. So, 
so books provide information it provides representation it's like oh okay i'm reading this book about what this other kid is going through that feels right. like what i'm going through and here's how they handled it here's where they went for information and to your point that you mentioned earlier which is so vital now i don't feel like i'm alone um, right. in in this there are others like me and now there's a sense of of community of solidarity of of feeling seen that that a child might not have had otherwise which leads to which leads to a healthy a healthy child right but without these books without these discussions and got it some of these discussions may be really challenging but without them and without the books you're left with erasure just erasing and you're left with isolation both of which are creating generations of messed up people it just i i don't i don't see how um you know yeah. how not how not to wind up with that um but it's um you know if we want to cultivate healthy communities that means we have to you know that there's a, a space for um um for for these conversations and there's different generations have different viewpoints um, you know, one of the things that's that's really interesting about why we should be reading these is because what's what's um, edgy today is what's classic tomorrow. For mm-hmm. instance, look back. You know, there was a time like okay, so this is um, you know there was a time where it was if you're going to do you know have a TV show or a movie and there's you show the bedroom there's twin beds yeah. for the married couple. Right. right now, if you see that in a in a married couple's room, twin beds, everybody goes, what the hell is that? Like, yeah. Why do you have twin beds? Right. Exactly. So although um, although can I just say can I just say one of the secrets to a really great marriage sleeping in separate rooms? People don't <laughs> want to hear it. <laughs> but listen, well, it very well could be if you're not getting um, a good night's sleep, nothing else matters. OK. Yes. Especially if you have a partner yeah. that snores or moves around a lot or like yes. just, you know, like me, apparently I've been told that I'm like a miniature sun and just radiate heat in the middle of the night. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, so I've been told. I don't know how true it is. But uh, but, but, but it, yeah. Yeah. Well, when The Great Gatsby came out, it was shocking. Right. In 1925. Yeah. Now it's a staple. Right. It's like exactly. whatever. Exactly. Uh, so please, please, please um, go go read a band book um, sometime. Please soon. do. Please do. Um, if you are a parent, read them with your children. Read them with your children. Um, of course, you decide the age appropriateness of it, um, and and perhaps if that's where your parental influence needs to really um, wane, uh, make it at home. You don't need to punish everybody else's children uh, because of how you might feel and where you are, and um, um, or I should say influence. Um, but um, and um, help us out by making sure you buy them from Bliss Books and Wine. Uh, dot dot com use code eight four six book for ten percent um discount and they will ship you those books um right quick um so please please um and also parent or not you know every once in a while especially if you're a parent if you're not a parent because how how children are educated in your neighborhood whether you're a parent or not influences 
how your neighborhood shows up. Show up occasionally to a school board meeting and let your voice be heard. Uh, run for the school board yeah. Um, and let your voice be heard. Um, and for the case of let's not be banning books, let's just be getting better systems in place if there's concern about kids being exposed uh, at too young an age to things that may be beyond their developmental level. Um, and then let's also not make the assumptions that kids aren't developing as quickly as we think they are. You might be surprised. Well, and don't be naive and think that your kids aren't defining their own values and opinions anyway. Yes. And banning a book is they're just going to go somewhere else and get information. Exactly. I'd exactly. rather have some input in that information. I, gotta I add, may be I, a parent who doesn't, my religion says homosexuality is a sin. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Exactly. And, uh, let me support my child in learning about this. Here's what we think and believe. Here's what our religion yeah. says. And so. reading a book about homosexuality will not make your child gay. Right. Um, just as your child didn't, isn't straight because they read a book about being straight. <laughs> right. Right. That didn't happen. I got one more. I got one more story to end with. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, um, again, Joy's around telling all her business. Joy's around. Uh, <laughs> Joy's around. So we were living in Kansas City. So Joy's around, I'd say, seven, maybe eight years old. Right. And we're the kind of parents who are always proactive. So we're um, we are very well aware of the fact that um, girls can start their uh, periods, hit puberty as early as nine years old, eight years old, nine years old. You know, um, so we decided we're gonna we're gonna be a little bit proactive about this. We we found some again age appropriate books for children to educate them around what happens in puberty right when puberty begins so we found a couple books there was one there was one written specifically for girls just about girls bodies and then there was one written about girls and boys so uh jennifer and i at the time went back and forth i was like just give her the girls book and jennifer was like no you know we we want we want her to learn about everything we want our child to be so so we gave her the book that and again we give her the book because this is a conversation as parents we are uncomfortable having we don't even know where to start this conversation so we're like <laughs> let's let's turn to some authors who have experience writing about these things for children so we give her this book that talks about what happens both in boys and girls when puberty kicks in so we give her the book and we said uh read this um this is a change that will happen with your body it's nothing to be afraid of if you have and then come back to us when you're done and let's talk about it so joy goes off reads the book she comes back and she says i'm i'm finished and i said were there any questions that you had about what you read and the first question my child asked <laughs> the first question dad are you circumcised oh my god <laughs> Wow, that's the first question. <laughs> the first. So I wish I look at Jennifer's face. This is why we give her the girls' book. <laughs> this is this is why. But fast forward, fast forward now. Uh, Joy's in fourth grade, maybe even fifth grade, but fourth grade, I think. And one of her classmates comes to school and says to says to join her friends. 
that, you know, her mom's been pregnant and she thinks tonight or the next night is when the stork will bring oh, her baby brother <laughs> to which and joy and sets her straight joy doesn't actually joy comes home and tells us and i didn't have the heart to tell her that's not how babies are made oh, man. right but fast forward again this is why people who meet my daughter go like she is probably one of the wisest most empathetic knowledgeable people that we know people have said she's wise beyond her years she's an old soul that didn't happen accidentally we let the child read some books okay yeah and we had discussions and they were uncomfortable discussions and they were uncomfortable for us and i think that's the key there parents don't want to yeah. a lot of parents don't want to be uncomfortable well you know it's okay um as well so that's probably in part because the parents weren't raised Exactly. A lot, space. a lot of this is about healing, healing as parents, healing our own relationship with our parents. Yeah. So I if I know. understand your story correctly, she understood circumcision, but thought the stork was coming. Oh, not, no, no. So again, it was another kid at her school who was about the stork. She, she was right. very well aware of how. Oh, she just didn't correct the student. Right. She said, okay. I didn't have the heart to tell her that's oh, not it. how babies are made. Okay. Uh, okay. No, Joy was, Joy was, <laughs> Joy was very well aware. We had to have some discussions that one time she walked in on us and. Uh, oh, yeah. Playing leapfrog. <laughs> no, we set, we set the record straight from, from the jump. Okay. No pun intended. Anyways, that's that's all we got for today. Again, read some band books, share some band books. Um, if you have no people who have little kids that they're um, a little bit of paranoid about the books, um, just have them laying around your house and see what happens. And don't think that just because it doesn't affect you personally firsthand doesn't mean it's not affecting you. Exactly. Exactly. You exactly. are crafting future leaders of your world. Exactly. And we and we want smart leaders. So because we live in a world where some of them aren't and we see how that's going. Um, so as always, uh, please, please, please spread the word about our podcast. Um, you can listen to us on all the platforms or online at with love and justice dot podbean dot com. Visit us at projectsanctus.com where you can give some donations to help keep this train running and also all the workshops and all the things that we do. And when you are buying your banned books, whether it's an ebook or a old fashioned paper book, uh, please visit blissbooksandwine.com or black owned books or partners. Use code 846book for a 10% discount and keep reading and let's get our holy on